more and more people seem to be talking about South Carolina's wins against Clemson and Tennessee like they were flukes last season, which makes the North Carolina game a validation game for the Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. It is the Thursday before South Carolina's week one matchup against the North Carolina Tar Heels. And for those of you who were around here last year, you know what that means. It's time for a crossover show between the Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. I'm going to be talking with Locked On Tar Heels host Isaac Shade about some of the biggest storylines, the biggest matchups, and we'll give our final game predictions at the end of today's special crossover edition between both our shows. So, don't want to waste too much of y'all's time. Let's go on ahead and get on right into it and kick things over to Isaac Shade. It's here, Andrew Lyon. It's finally here. It's football season. We are just two days away from kickoff. I can't believe it. It's our first crossover as we do on the Locked On Network. If you're new to our podcast within the past year, every Thursday during football season, we do crossover episodes. And so here it is coming at you. We're calling it the Carolina crossover because we got the Duke's Mayo Classic on Saturday in Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Game day is going to be there. But right now, your two guys coming at you, the host of Locked On Gamecocks, Andrew Lyon, and myself, the host of Locked On Tar Heels, Isaac Shade. And boy, Andrew, what a joy it is to kick this off with the Carolina crossover doing it. So we want to get right into storylines here. The biggest headlines coming into this game with two of the most noteworthy quarterbacks in the nation. I cannot wait. I'm super excited. Hit me with, with what you're coming at as the biggest headline from the Gamecock side of things. Yeah, Isaac, the biggest headline for South Carolina, it sort of comes in the form of a question, which is can South Carolina and also quarterback Spencer Rattler validate what they did at the end of the 2022 football season? Obviously, for everyone that's heard about South Carolina this offseason, the biggest talking point has been how they won two games against top 10 teams and college football playoff contenders at the time in Tennessee and Clemson. It was a huge deal because they won in historic fashion against the Tennessee Volunteers, broke several records in that game. And it was the first time they had defeated Clemson since 2013. Clemson had a 40-game home winning streak heading into that contest. It was a big deal for South Carolina to get those two wins and sort of show that, hey, the trajectory was still pointing in the right direction. But it's kind of weird, Isaac, how the narrative around those two games has kind of changed the last couple of months, especially Mm. in the last couple of weeks, because there's a lot more people now that are talking about how they're sick and tired of hearing about those two victories, which 
I'm not sure why they're saying that, considering how big they were. I feel like if it was a big-time program, maybe a more nationally recognizable program, they wouldn't stop talking about it. But because it's South Carolina, they almost now are looking at it as if it was a fluke, which is ridiculous. But it surprises me and doesn't surprise me at the same time. So the only way for South Carolina to essentially shut the doubters up is to go out there in Charlotte on Saturday night and – try to basically just make work of North Carolina, you know, a geographic rival, a team that's rated or ranked in the top 25 in the AP and coaches poll. And obviously you got a college football hall of fame coach and Matt Brown, the sidelines as well. So it would be in front of a nationally televised audience, people watching both at the stadium and watching at home. It'd be a big deal for them to, again, just validate what they did at the end of last year. And then from a player standpoint, Spencer Rattler, he was a big reason why South Carolina won those two big games at the end of last season and that took place after changes were made offensively they simplified the offense sort of streamlined the verbiage so that he didn't have to think as much and he mm-hmm. just go out there and play freely and he's going into this season with a new offensive coordinator Dal Loggins he's going to run the same kind of system but again keep it simple stupid that's kind <laughs> of the strategy that the coaching staff is rolling with heading into 2023 and he has been lauded throughout fall camp, Rattler, and also this offense, some of the other players and what all they've said about it or what they've sort of conveyed about this new system. But it sort of feels like that, again, the national media space, they're kind of going, here we go again with Spencer Rattler. You know, he's going to be a Heisman contender. He's going to throw for 4,000-plus yards. And it's kind of like boy who cried wolf. You do it so many times that even when there's a point where, hey, he might actually really live up to the potential this time around, everybody's just kind of like we're not buying it. So if you're Spencer Rattler, especially in a game against a quarterback like Drake May, it's a big opportunity for you yeah. to go out there and show, hey, I'm not the Spencer Rattler that you saw for the first 10 games in 2022. So those two headlines or storylines right there are the ones that we are all going to be watching on South Carolina side of things heading into this game. But Isaac, what about you? What are you watching on North Carolina side? Well, it's funny, Andrew, you used that word validation and I was like, oh, bro, yes, because for North Carolina last year, it was the complete opposite. As as the Gamecocks were going up, the Tar Heels were in a free fall at the end of the year, uh, that four game losing streak to end the year, which included a loss to Georgia Tech. I mean, you just cannot do that. So what the Tar Heels are trying to do, and the biggest headline for me is looking to avoid a repeat of Sam Howell's final season in Chapel Hill in 2021. Before Drake May, Sam Howell, you know, is regarded as the best quarterback in Carolina history. I think Drake May is probably going to take over that mantle after this year. But uh, folks might recall Sam Howell, his sophomore year, Carolina was loaded, went eight and four, you know, good by Tar Heel standards. But then his junior year, there's all this Heisman talk. There's all this high end NFL draft talk. But then the Tar Heels go six and seven including losing to the Gamecocks, by the way, in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl to round out the year. I think some folks might remember that. Uh, Which, by the way, I've never thought about this. Sam Howell began his career by beating South Carolina and ended his career by getting walloped by them. So uh, there's those bookends. But although Sam Howell has now risen to the commander's QB1, he tumbled to the fifth round that year because of, in some part, how Carolina did in his final season. I say all this to say this. Because the writing was on the wall for the Tar Heels after game one of that season. 
Carolina had lofty national expectations. Carolina had lofty Sam Howell expectations. But the Tar Heels went into Blacksburg, Virginia on a Friday night and couldn't do anything against Virginia Tech. It was like a 17-10 to 10 loss to kick off the season. From that moment, no one nationally trusted the Tar Heels, and Sam Howell's name was off of every Heisman list and tumbling in the NFL draft. So I say that to say that's what the Tar Heels have to avoid on Saturday night in game one, you have to come out and prove to the nation, hey, that that four-game losing streak to end last year was a fluke. You have to come out and say, hey, we can go up against a dual-threat quarterback with Gene Chizik's defense and, and work. Fingers crossed we'll see what happens there. So this, to me, is a critically important game for the Tar Heels uh, to, to start out of the gate and say, hey, nation, take notice. We're okay. Hey, nation, take notice. Drake May is who you thought he is. And one of the probably the other biggest storyline around that is going to be the loss of of wide receivers Josh Downs and Antoine Green to the NFL last year, along with Tez Walker, who has come in from Kent State, projects to be the best receiver on the team this year, but is currently uh, ineligible due to a two-time transfer dispute with the NCAA that as of the time of this recording, we're still waiting to hear the resolution of. Yeah, thanks NCAA for once again just really messing up with a kid's uh, psychological uh, makeup as he's getting into uh, one of his biggest seasons of his college football career. Great job on your part as a side note. But yeah, Isaac, you're right. It definitely feels like that this is a big-time trajectory game for both programs. Again, South Carolina wanting to prove that, hey, they can validate what they did at the end of last year. They can consistently go up against top 25 teams and beat them. And if you're North Carolina – you don't want those losses to continue to pile up because, again, that national perception, it can really start to tank in a hurry, and it can affect guys like Drake May who can help your program in terms of a selling point recruiting-wise in the future. Isaac Shade and I are going to continue this conversation surrounding this big-time matchup in this battle of the Carolinas by talking about some of the biggest matchups or some of the play in the trenches we'll have to pay attention to. We'll dive into all of that in just a couple of moments. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Now, as a small business owner, you always want to make sure that you have access to the most qualified candidates that are looking to work in your field. You could be involved in transportation. You could be involved in retail. You could be involved in warehousing and storage. But the common denominator with each of those small businesses is you need to have the right people that make up your staff. So if you're looking for the most qualified candidates out there, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. I'm Locked On Gamecocks host Andrew Lyon here continuing our conversation with Locked On Tar Heels host Isaac Shade. Isaac, we've talked about some of the big storylines for South Carolina and North Carolina heading into this national primetime week one matchup, but there's also some matchups within this matchup that we got to pay attention to. So, Isaac, what are you looking out for on the Tar Heel side of things when it comes to some of those individual matchups? 
That's a great question. I'm going to give it a unit matchup. If you'll allow me that, that leeway, my friend, Andrew, we, Absolutely. We've, just talked about, we've just talked about Drake may, right. Who we expect to be when all is said and done the, at, at this point, the greatest quarterback in North Carolina, uh, university of North Carolina history. The problem is he can't do his job if he's scrambling all the time and having to make quick reads and do all these other things. So for me, the matchup for the Tar Heels that is most of critical importance is the offensive line. Now, for Drake May, I feel like he's got what he needs around him at the skill positions. You get your entire tight end room back from last year. You get your entire running back room from last year, plus uh, who is RB1 right now, British Brooks, who was hurt out all last season. While you don't get, we already talked about the receivers, but you do get in some new fresh blood, both from a high school freshman or who are now college freshmen coming in, transfer portal plus, plus underclassmen rising up. So I'm not worried about any of those skill positions, even if Tez Walker's unavailable on Saturday. What I am worried about is how Drake May is able to farm out the ball to all of those guys. So it's critically important for the offensive line to step up, have these moments of pride of like, Y'all, if we want to have the year that we expect to have, we cannot have Drake scrambling all night. We cannot have uh, the, the Gamecocks defensive line in Drake's face all night. They've got to stand up to that. Now, you've got experience. Corey Gaynor, who transferred in from Miami last year, started all season at center, is back for this year. Uh, you've got Ed Monolis, who's been starting on the line, back again. William Barnes, position chains, uh, but will be the starting left tackle. Critically important there. You've got Spencer Rolland, who had transferred in last year as well, still starting. Uh, the big new thing is Willie Lampkin coming in, a transfer who will be uh, starting at right guard. And so you look at this line, it's like, all right, fellas, you got the experience. You know what you got to do. Help this offense under also a new offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsey, coming in for the Tar Heels as Phil Longo goes to Wisconsin. And you have to do your job if we want to be successful. That's what I'm looking at as the biggest matchup for the Tar Heels, uh, Andrew. And, and I, so if, if you guys are able to get in the backfield, congrats. We'll shake hands and, and you'll leave Charlotte as Victor's going back to Columbia. <laughs> well, what about from the Gamecock point of view? Well, what are you looking at is probably the most critical matchup that would portend success for South Carolina. Yeah, Isaac, the biggest matchup that I'm paying attention to in this game, and it's not because I don't have belief here, but it is Spencer <laughs> Rattler going against this North Carolina secondary. Spencer Rattler, again, just talked about it earlier. There's been a lot of discussion over the past month, and especially throughout this offseason, from circles inside of that building that have been saying that, hey, Spencer Rattler looks like he's taking a step forward. It looks like that this offense being more catered to his skill set and his strengths it is unlocking a new level for him right now. And I don't want to be disrespectful when I make this comment, but if you're going to have a it's defense, okay, say it. Just Spencer say it. Rattler, <laughs> if you're going to have a defense or be faced with a defense that's going to give you an opportunity to showcase all of the steps that you've taken this offseason, it is North Carolina's defense. North Carolina's defense has just kind of fallen off a cliff the last couple of years. Gene Chizik comes in in his first year in 2022, and things somehow seem to get a little bit worse in certain areas. So still got question marks regarding that. So if you're Spencer Rattler, you're facing a North Carolina defensive backfield that has a ton of new starters, a lot of new faces, guys from the transfer portal. Some of them might be pretty good. And the Tarnals do have an advantage in the sense that they don't have any film on these guys playing together, mm. but they also have a disadvantage in the sense that these guys have never played together <laughs> in a game. So it's <laughs> kind of a double-edged sword there with North Carolina's secondary. So for Spencer Rattler, 
Antoine Juice Wells is going to play in this game. Shane Beamer said on Tuesday that he is 100% good to go. You're going to have Xavier Leggett, another guy that is a fifth-year senior, I believe, has taken another step forward, ready to make an impact. Amarian Brown, you got Trey Knox and Joshua Simon at tight end. You've got a lot of pieces there at your disposal. So Spencer Rattler on Saturday night, you need to go out there and you need to play up to the best of your abilities. You need to showcase that, again, you've made progression this offseason. If South Carolina even wins this game, but Spencer Rattler does not have a bunch of chunk plays, there's not a bunch of explosive plays through the air. In all honesty, Isaac, I feel like the Gamecock fans will walk away a little bit disappointed Mm, because they've heard so much about just how well he has been doing in practice, how good this offense has looked at times. So if you can't get it done against a North Carolina secondary that for the past couple of years has been pretty lackluster, then admittedly, it'd be fair to raise concerns about what you're going to do against other teams, teams like obviously a Georgia, a team like Kentucky with a great defense, a team in Clemson that wants revenge and has good athletes on the back end. You're going to face much better secondaries this year. So go out there and send the message in week one that you are not the Spencer Rattler again that people saw for the majority of this past fall. You're a new Spencer Rattler. You're the Spencer Rattler that we all thought you could be when you went to Oklahoma at the start of your college career. You know, what's so interesting about that, Andrew, I I love this take from you because for North Carolina, the strength of the defense is the linebacking core. You've got Cedric Gray, who's a preseason second team AP All-American. You've got Power Eccles, who's right there with them. Um, And so it's like the middle of the defense for Carolina, I feel comfortable with. And, and in terms of the secondary, we talked about the offensive line. The, the defensive line for North Carolina has not, you know, it's like, hey, opposing quarterback, how do you want to treat this tonight? You want to just have space to run around? Cool, we'll give you that, right? And so, like, it's about North Carolina's defensive line having to find a way to go make life uncomfortable for Spencer Rattler. They haven't proven, as you're kind of alluding to, that they can do that. Their ability to do that. I think also plays into what you're talking about there with Spencer Rattler versus the secondary. Um, If the secondary is going to have the time, you know, if they're going to have to be guarding for three, four, five, six, seven seconds at a time, given Rattler all the time he needs because the line can't get to him. Congrats, you know? And so I'm really curious to see what the line can do with guys like Cayman Rucker and Des Evans trying to get to the ball. The guy I'm most interested to see in the secondary for Carolina is transfer from East Tennessee State, Elijah Huzzy, who, according to Mac Brown, has been making all sorts of plays and picks in practice. So that, that's just a, if we're going to keep an eye on a guy in the secondary, it's him. The other thing to watch, Andrew, is at least two Carolina starters in the secondary have, are some level of banged up and we don't know yet their status for Saturday. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that as well. Oh man, fun stuff with all these storylines, matchups, any other matchup stuff you're thinking on Andrew, before we keep on trucking. Yeah, Isaac, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go off your point with the trenches because for South Carolina, they're in the same exact boat in the offensive line. Now Mm. they did not give up 40 sacks like North Carolina. They only gave up a measly 31, still a very (laughs) high amount of being completely sarcastic there for all of the Tar Heel fans (laughs) listening and watching this. But Point being, South Carolina, there's a lot of moving pieces up front. You got sort of two starters coming back, but they're both playing in different positions. Rashawn Lee goes from guard to center. Ja'Kai Moore is going from left tackle. It seems like to left guard coming into this week one matchup. 
And then you've got a bunch of either young guys or transfers. You've got a Yale transfer, Nick Gargiulo. The staff loves him. They say that he's taken over the leadership mantle of that room. He's expected to kind of be the guy, the alpha male in that unit up front. So watch out for him on the interior on Saturday night. And then on the edge, probably Kaysen Henry and Sidney Fugar are going to be starters there. Kaysen Henry is a redshirt freshman that Shane Beamer's been very high on since his arrival here in Columbia. And Sidney Fugar, he transferred him from Western Illinois. That might not sound great, but they say that Fugar is a very good pass protector, and he's a guy that's got a mentality of nobody is going to lay a finger on my quarterback. He said that verbatim at one of these player pressers just a week and a half or so ago. So they've got the mentality, it sounds like, and obviously being together and all that, that's important too. But you still got to go out there on the field and put it all together. So certainly trench play is going to be an important factor in this contest between the two Carolinas. Andrew, it's so interesting, this this transfer portal era that we're living in. I'm reminded of it again as I hear both of us talking about the just the sheer uncertainty leading into week one, right? It's like Absolutely. you have ideas from camp. We've seen things. We hear what we think it's going to be. But until, like, more than ever before, until we actually see these teams out on the field doing what they do, you just in some ways have no idea. I think I love that, and I think I hate it all at the same time. Well, well, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. There's definitely a lot of a lot of give and take when it comes to trying to figure out which of these transfers are going to contribute immediately and which ones uh, might not pan out exactly as the season progresses. Well, we are certainly going to find out soon enough. Andrew, I think it's time to talk about this game, make some picks, and see what is going to determine who's going to leave Charlotte a victor on Saturday night. What do you say? Yep, let's do it. All right, folks, our friends at FanDuel, our betting sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network, have set the line for this game at North Carolina favored by two and a half. The over-under is 64 and a half. I'm almost more intrigued by that than the, uh, the game line. Let me give you the game details one more time just to make sure you all got it. College game day going to be there. I would imagine we're going to talk about this Tez Walker situation because my man Reese Davis was tweeting about it earlier this week, so that's coming up. Uh, Unless by the time you're listening to this, it's been resolved, which I doubt will happen because, as you said, Andrew, NCAA. Uh, The game kicking off 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, the Duke's Mayo Classic inside Bank of America Stadium, as you said earlier, on that beautiful awful AstroTurf that they got there for the Panthers to play on right there in Charlotte, North Carolina, coming at you on ABC. Andrew, what do you think about this game? How do you see it playing out? Beamer ball going to be one and O coming off of this thing, or will coach Brown start off his second 72nd year of life with a victory? Yeah, Isaac, uh, when I look at this game, this is the thing that I pay attention to the most. You pay attention to the storylines that have been discussed maybe from a national standpoint heading into week one. And the biggest storyline has been Drake May versus Spencer Rattler. And quite frankly, Drake May has gotten a lot more talk than Spencer Rattler. And in some ways, I understand it. But in other ways, it kind of feels like a slight to Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks. It almost feels like that, honestly, all the other factors that we just discussed on today's show – have kind of been swept under the rug. Everybody just kind of assumes that, you know, this th- these two teams are basically identical and it's just going to come down to quarterback play. And because Drake <laughs> Mays views the better quarterback, North Carolina is going to win. At least that's what everybody's saying for the most part. I don't agree with that premise at all. I feel like that South Carolina is just a much more well-rounded team than North Carolina. North Carolina's definitely got a couple solid players. You mentioned Cedric Gray at, rhyme, at linebacker earlier. But I just feel like there's a ton more question marks about the Tar Heels than South Carolina has on their team. 
And I feel like that South Carolina, they're going to be able to play the disrespect card coming in. You mentioned North Carolina is a slight betting favorite right now, according to the Vegas odds makers. And North Carolina, again, they're the team that despite finishing how they did last season, they got ranked in the AP poll. They were put in the USA Today coaches poll at 20th and 21st. South Carolina received votes but wasn't ranked in either poll. It just doesn't add up to a certain extent on South Carolina's end. And I also feel like, and we talked about this a little bit before we started this show, North Carolina has just got a ton more pressure to win this game. It feels like a game where if the Tar Heels lose, and especially if they lose in the fashion that I think they might lose, that Mac Brown's second run at Chapel Hill could slowly begin to come to an end. It could signal the beginning of the end for Mac Brown. And he's had a great career, but all good things come to an end at some point. So I feel like, Isaac, when Saturday night has concluded, the Gamecocks will have won this game 45-24. to 24. I think Drake May will still make some plays, whether Tess Walker's in that game or not. And again, personally, I disagree with what the NCAA has done with all that. But I feel like that Spencer Rattler, the talk is real. And I think he is going to prove it on Saturday night against a defense that, again, I'll have to see it to believe it if they've made any improvements this offseason. Interesting. And I believe based if quick math tells me that you're going with the over there, that'd be at 69 points, I believe. Uh, Absolutely. I did, Hammer that I did over. <laughs> kindergarten. So, yeah, give, give me the over on this game for sure. No questions asked. Andrew, I got to be honest, I don't disagree with you at all. Like in the same way that you have commiserated about Tez Walker, I'm right with you about Spencer Rattler. I think he's got things he will continue to show the nation. I think it. To me, it's silly that he's not in these Heisman conversations with people like Bo Nix and Caleb Williams and Drake May. Like, I think he should be right there, and I think he will continue to prove that. I also wholeheartedly agree that North Carolina is the team with more question marks coming into the season, particularly because of the defensive uh, lack of capability recently. North Carolina last year, because of Drake May, I think in large part, had to score to win games. You cannot continue to function that way. It was so many just like hold on clutching for dear life to a one score victory or something like that. They made it work in the first two thirds of the season. And obviously, as we've talked about, that did not work at the end of the season. If North Carolina has found anything on defense, I think there's enough there from Drake May, even without Tez Walker, as we've talked about, because he's kind of one of these guys. I'm not calling him Tom Brady. But kind of similar to Tom Brady, where it doesn't matter who's out there, he's going to distribute the ball and get the ball in the right hand, the right hands at the right times. We're going to see that. I think there's enough from the Carolina running game to keep things at bay. The tight ends are who I feel most comfortable with, honestly. So excited to see all that. The biggest question mark to me of, of all the units in this game is the North Carolina defense. If they can hold up, stop Spencer Rattler just enough times. They're not, they're not going to shut him out, but if they can stop him just enough times, I think the Tar Heels can squeak out a victory here. I'm going to go 35, 28 on this game, a little lower scoring than I thought I would do, but give me the Tar Heels getting out of this with the close one, nothing victory. Yeah, no, I think that for certain, we're going to see a lot of points scored in this ball game, Isaac. I think that both defenses are going to be coming to this game with something to prove. For South Carolina, it's rush defense. You talk about the tight ends and running backs so much, and that's certainly another area that we could, you know, put a microscope on because for South Carolina, you know, they got a bunch of new starters in their defensive front. I, got, I think they got two new linebacker starters. Lou Zach Pickens, a really good interior defensive lineman, off to the NFL. 
They get Alex Boogie Huntley back from injury. They get Jordan Strawn back from injury, a really big deal, because Strawn just a few years ago led the entire FBS in sacks. They lost him in week two this past fall to a torn ACL against Arkansas because for some reason people thought it would be a great idea to schedule Georgia State, (laughs) Arkansas, and Georgia back-to-back-to-back, three of the most physical teams in the southeastern U.S., and South Carolina had to play all three of them consecutively. Anyways, that's a whole different rant for a different day. (laughs) Point being, South Carolina, they definitely also kind of fit the same bill in the sense that the defense understands that, like, you know, hey – we're being told that we're not going to be able to stop Drake May. And if we do, you know, maybe we'll just slow him down a couple of times. Maybe we have to get lucky, quote unquote, and get some turnovers. And I definitely think that both of these teams, again, they've got a lot that they're going to want to show when they take the field in Bank of America Stadium on Saturday night. Interesting to think about a week one game where we're actually putting a bunch of stuff on film. You don't feel like that happens too often, but both these teams are going to be doing. Andrew, I can't wait. We'll have to shoot some texts back and forth as this thing is going folks. Wait to hear your thoughts on this game. Make sure you jump into the comment section and let us know how horribly right or perfectly wrong. No, I got that backwards. How perfectly right or horribly wrong we both are in our predictions. That's it for this Carolina crossover between Andrew Lyon and Isaac Shade. Locked on Gamecocks, locked on heels. Make sure you go follow both of us on Twitter at a lion l-y-o-n underscore sc and me at isaac shade follow our shows on twitter as well at locked on sc take that trojans and follow our show at locked on heels we hope you have a great weekend be smart be safe out there for the north carolina community i want to say our thoughts and prayers continue to be with you from the events earlier that happened this week and i know that andrew and i Andrew agrees from texts we've exchanged this week. I'm really curious. We didn't talk about it, but if there will be anything in this game, uh, any memories or moments of silence that take place during it. Hope so. We can't. Yeah. Right. It just feels like it'd be very appropriate for the moment. We can't wait to check back in with you on our individual show starting off next week. Hopefully uh, we can both be happy. We just know it ain't going to be the reality, but we'll see you then. And until Monday, peace. Peace.